Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman in this business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey there, She Did It Her Way listeners. Thanks for tuning in again to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. My name is Amanda Bolin and I am your host. And if you're tuning in for the first time, I wanna let you know that we are actually doing check-ins with the women that we've brought on earlier in the show, just to touch base and see what's going on. And then we'll also be playing their full episode right after we do the check-in. So make sure you stick around for that. This, today, I've got Shauna McKenzie, with us on the podcast. So I'm just going to turn over to Shauna and she's going to tell us what's up and what's new. So welcome back, Shauna. I'm so excited because I think, was I number one? Yeah, you were number one. Number so one. This is, if you guys <laughs> just joined the podcast halfway through or maybe you haven't listened to Shauna's, she was the first one that we launched at the beginning of January. I love it. And I mean, I have just been watching this podcast grow exponentially every day, which is so amazing. So I am thrilled to be back. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're definitely, we're happy you're thrilled to be back and we're thankful for your stories as much as we are also thankful for the listeners if you guys are out there listening as well. So tell us what is going on. Yeah, so I, you know, I don't remember exactly what we talked about on the call. I have not listened to myself um, since then, which was several (laughs) months ago. But um, I think, you know, with so we have Best Kept Self, which is amazing. And Best Kept Self, we have really, really refined in 2015. It's been our year to get really focused. And so um, kind of our tagline and our our focus with Best Kept Self is self-help for the self-employed. And we really wanted to create that space on the web where any entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner can come and get what they need to de-stress, take better care of themselves, and put themselves back first on the priority list. Because, you know, it's my belief that if you thrive, your business thrives. And it's something that I've faced in my career, other entrepreneurs have faced in their career of total burnout. And when you do that to yourself, you can't think creatively, you can't make the right decisions you need to make, and you essentially just push off the success that's waiting for you. So in 2015, we have added contributors from all over the world, which is amazing. We'll go into 2016 with over 30 writers for the site, which is awesome. Um, So those listening, if anyone is in the space of self-care, we are always taking contributors and um, any sort of submissions for the site. And it's been awesome. So I've actually had a, a year since we spoke last of kind of streamlining and making Best Kept Self as kind of minimalistic and as simple as possible, which has been great. And, you know, when you launch anything, I think we were we were talking about all the things that were involved with Best Kept Self. Honestly, a lot of that probably doesn't exist anymore. I mean, we spent this year kind of testing what does our audience want, what do they not want, and then um, uncommitting from things to make the message as clear as possible. So that's been quite a journey. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also know with you guys becoming more streamlined with Best Kept Self, there's also been exciting stuff in the Shauna McKenzie category. As yes. Well. 
Yeah. So um, uh, if people know me or follow me, they know that I'm a huge minimalist. And my default for my whole life, almost to a negative degree sometimes, has been no, um, which is probably why I married the guy that I married because he's so spontaneous and adventure, <laughs> adventurous and fun. Like that is not my default. And so um, I've kind of taken what I know about the benefits of kind of defaulting to no in life, which is seen as such a negative because we grow up in this like more more. Yes, yes. Say yes to everything. Um, and it can get so carried away, especially as a business owner, when you live in the yes mindset. So I have launched just now um, it, the yes diet. And I've been using this phrase for quite some time. And it just kind of struck me that this is it. Like this is, this is for Shauna McKenzie, like for me, this is everything that I live my life by. It's everything that's made me successful. Um, and I've been telling people, you know, my purpose and and the way that I can do everything that I want to do is by living on a yes diet. And it doesn't mean eliminating yes from your life. It means balancing it out. Um, with the launch of the yes diet, I get to share exactly my process for how to live a streamlined life and regain that power and no, but more specifically how to say no, which is really difficult. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's something that you do that helps you say no? So I really strongly believe to have some sort of mantra, keyword, phrase, sentence, something that bides you time because there's five triggers to why we say yes when we don't want to. And I won't get into all of those, but there are triggers that we are so um, unconscious to. Some of them we are, some of them we aren't. But we just say yes left and right to things that we don't really want. And so if you can give yourself some time, even if it's literally five seconds, it's amazing what five seconds of just like pause before you say yes or before you make a decision and think that can change your whole life. And so um, if you can come up with a keyword, you know, my default is just a straight no or Shauna, think about it or Shauna, give this five seconds or, you know, anything that can help you just pause in the moment that will take you so far. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna. I can't wait for that to come out because I'm sure I, I can. I can learn a ton from the Yes Diet. How will people find it, or how do you plan on rolling it out? It is over at 30daysofno.com. So the Yes Diet process is unveiled to you over these 30 days. And every day I send out a nutrient, um, a daily nutrient that's in the form of audio. And it's 15 minutes or less. And it's basically the theory, um, every the process, the systems. And then you work with that alongside your Yes Success Blueprint, which I've provided to you in either Evernote for those that like to work digital, or you can download it and work with it by hand. Um, and that blueprint really is the process that you're going to live with for not just those 30 days, but what you're going to do to shift your entire lifestyle to live more of this streamlined balance, you know, say yes to only the things that earn its spot in your life. Mm. Well, I'm excited for that. Where can people go to sign up? They can head on over to 30daysofno.com. They can get more of the info there. And there's also a free download that's the um, the triggers of why we say yes unconsciously. And it's a lot of – it's really interesting because um, sales associates and, you know, marketing firms use these sales triggers and these yes triggers to get us to say yes. And so it kind of hits two birds with one stone. You know, you want to be aware of it yourself as a consumer. But, hey, you might learn something from a marketing strategy of how to get consumers to say yes to things. That's 
awesome. Yeah, so you can get that for free. So head over to 30daysofno.com and download it. Very cool. Well, anything else you want to share with our listeners? Um, I think, you know, in terms of just – I just would love to, sh- to share just some advice of like – wrap up this year strong and feeling good about moving into 2016. And, you know, just based on what I've done this year, I would like to end 2015 on the most simplest note as possible. It's been, I think I'm, I think I'm entering year 10 in 2016 of being self-employed. And this is by far the year that I have done more than I've ever done, but in a way doing less work than I've ever done as well, which Ah. is such a cool feeling. And so, um, you know, I just, I think everyone, before you really close out 2015, really get a snapshot of what you want your 2016 to look like and go into 2016 so convicted about that image and just rock it out. I love it. Well, I'm not going to say anything more. So we appreciate you coming back and sharing what's been new and we're excited for the Yes Diet. Woohoo. Me too. Thank you so much for bringing me back. I love it. Hey there, listeners. Make sure you guys stay tuned for the full episode coming up next. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Amanda Bolin, and I am the host for She Did It Her Way podcast that is featuring entrepreneurial savvy business owners who are female that have made it through the ups and downs and have done it their way. And I couldn't be more excited today than to welcome Shauna McKenzie, who is the founder of Best Kept Self, amongst other things, and a dear friend of mine. And she has tons of great stuff to share, and we're going to be able to dive in today and hear what it is that she has for us. And without further ado, Shauna, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Totally. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Well, we are excited to have you because, again, you've been an entrepreneur for a handful of years and have successful businesses, notice plural, and share with us everything, I mean, what you're about, what you've started, and tell us about the companies that you have going on right now. Okay, let's see if I can do this super succinctly. <laughs> like an ever to, to answer this question. Um, so right now, what I currently own in terms of uh, my business portfolio, I guess, is Best Kept Self, as you mentioned, which is an online platform for self-starting women um, where we publish content daily, but we also offer online and one-on-one consulting programs. Um, we are just getting ready to launch our first product related to that, um, which is still under wraps. I can't even talk about it yet. Um, but that's kind of going to be our next phase of, of Best Kept Self as, as this lifestyle brand for women. Um, that was an evolution of my very first company, which I started when I was 22. That was called, um, it was a consultancy called McKenzie Image Consulting. And I was working with professionals and primarily women still on their image, on their appearance and their communication, their behavior, etc. And as that consultancy grew the first few years, I, I really recognized a need to kind of pull in other consultants and other professionals as this woman was going through her own transformation with me um, on image. She was also looking for all these other areas of expertise and people to help her. So um, I kind of was collecting all these really awesome professionals in my back pocket over the years. Some I had slowly started building into my own service offerings and then uh, Best Kept Self this year just kind of evolved out of 
you know, needing to rebrand that original company. So McKenzie Image Consulting kind of dissolved and we grew as a team and as a uh, um, collective of experts rather than just being branded around me. Um, And that launched in May of 2014 this year. Um, so there's that. And that's, that's my passion. That's my love. Um, it's really exciting to have seen that grow in the past six months. And then on the other side of it, um, what I did notice in my image consulting industry was a need for training. And so I decided around year three of owning my own image consulting company that I really wanted to focus on helping other people become image consultants. So I own a separate business, um, which is an educational institution called the studio for image professionals, who I recently just added a co-owner to who's been based out of, um, it's another image consultant based out of New York. So I've, I've run the studio for the past three years, certifying and training aspiring image consultants. And now I've added, um, Sylvie, my partner, um, who's going to take over some of the training as well. So we can offer more programs. So those are, those are my two primary areas of focus. There's always little side projects. My husband and I run a vacation rental business together. Um, I saw the boat (laughs) by the way, which is phenomenal. And if you guys are listening out there and you become friends with Shauna, on Facebook or through social media, you will get to see the lovely boat that her husband had. They had purchased and then redone, which it looks fabulous. So nonetheless, keep going. It's our, it's our amazing Airbnb houseboat that we're (laughs) super excited to be done renovating and excited to rent it out. So that's it. That's not super succinct, but that's it. (laughs) I, I disagree with you. I I think there's a lot of great information in there and I, I don't even, sometimes I take a step back and look at it and Gosh, I don't even know where to begin asking questions. What I do want to go and start with is going back to when you were 22 and 22, graduating college, getting out. I mean, what was it like for you? What was what was the whole thought process behind, here's what I want to start, here's what I am going to start, and then what was that process like getting started? Um, you know, I went to, I was entrepreneurship program, which obviously, you know, um, well as alumni, um, I knew that I always wanted to have my own company, but I I had no idea what that was. I mean, I, I picked up and moved from the Midwest down here to Charleston just because my brother was based here and I had absolutely no clue. And I was so jealous of those people in my class, you know, that already had a business plan. They already knew what they wanted to get into because, there was nothing. And so I kind of knew I wanted to be in the realm of communication and coaching. Um, You know, PR was the closest thing I could think of to it. So I did get my first kind of corporate job. It was a civilian at the Air Force Base here working in public affairs um, pretty much straight after school. And I did that for a year and a half, um, halfway through that term. So about seven, um, eight months in, I knew that this was not going to work out for me. It was an amazing experience. I was extremely fortunate to have had that job. Um, I knew that there was a time limit on it. It was um, 2007, 2008 at this point. So I knew eventually my position was probably going to get terminated as I was really low on the totem pole and I was in a very unique hiring situation. So I looked for other opportunities. I did a couple job interviews. And then I just, you know, it was like this really just cerebral feeling when I was being interviewed for jobs. It was just this like, dissatisfaction and distaste, you know, and I know you kind of get that when like anything new is about to happen, even if it's super exciting, you kind of get like that freak out of like, oh my gosh, change is about to happen. But it was much deeper than that. It was just, it was like, I just really don't want to work for someone else. (laughs) I really want to be in control of my schedule and be able to come and go as I please and just be passionate about something. So 
Um, I interviewed for one job that I really thought I was, I was, they were probably going to offer it to me. And in between that interview and when they called me back for the second interview, which was two weeks later in that time frame, I was out to lunch with, um, with a friend and, you know, playing the whole, what do I want to be when I grow up game conversation. And I remember this job shadow experience I had in high school where I got to job shadow an image consultant in my hometown. And it always was at the back of my mind. And so, and it really captured all of my skill sets and my kind of innate talents really well. And I said, you know, I think I really, this is going to sound crazy if you even A, know what it is. Um, but I think I want to be an image consultant. And all it took was that person to say, why not? And, you know, I don't have an answer for that, you know? So <laughs> Right. Why not? And so, you know, you do your homework. I started calling, calling people in my industry. I knew how to write a business plan. So I kind of started there. And then sure enough, um, like I predicted, my job was pulled out from underneath me at the Air Force Base. And I was pretty much thrust into self-employment full time. So there was, there was seven to eight months of having that career. And then I started my company. And then I worked about six months, six to seven months doing both. Um, you no. you worked six to seven months doing both from your your corporate job and then your yeah. okay and then my start and then my consultancy and then what yeah. really quick I want to dive into that because what I after talking to so many entrepreneurs and people going out on their own very you find I find people will quit one job and then go out on their own completely mm-hmm. but what happens more than not is they do what you're talking about. I've done the similar thing and a lot of my other friends who have done it is where you're burning both ends of the candle at the same time. Mm-hmm. And when you went and you were completely, when you're starting it while you're working your corporate job, what was that like? Um, you know, you know what happened and I'm sure other people can resonate with this. Once you discover what you really want to be doing, it makes your day job absolutely miserable. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, you just so badly want to be over here doing what you love and you're in that really exciting startup mode and every, you know, you're getting your logo and your website and maybe you're blogging, like you're just so excited. And then like showing up to work every morning is just, it's, it's, it was very difficult for me. Very Mm -hmm. difficult. I mean, I was already not super fulfilled in my job to begin with and that just made it worse knowing exactly what it is that I wanted to be doing. Um, so that honestly was probably the biggest source of burnout for me was just the mentality and the mindset around it. Um, other than that, honestly, I, I mean, I was 22. I didn't have, you know, a boyfriend or significant. I was pretty unattached to anything, you know, I was very fluid in my life. So I, I kind of had the energy and was so excited, um, that, you know, I'd get done with work and I could easily put in hours and hours of work. Cause it just, I was doing stuff that I loved. Mm-hmm. What, what was some of the stuff that you're doing in terms of the work that you would put in after your corporate job? Um, if it wasn't meeting with clients one-on-one, then it was blogging and it was looking for opportunities to network and, or going to networking events. It was really refining my marketing verbiage and, um, working with other professionals to build up my brand. So, you know, I had a website up, um, that, um, that same friend who kind of encouraged me to get into the business. Um, his little brother made me one for free. It was absolutely terrible looking back on it, but you know, it was totally free WordPress 
our site. Um, I knew quickly I needed to enhance that. So just like building the brand side of it took a long time to figure out what it is that I want. And then constantly keeping an eye on what my competitors were doing just to just to see what the rest of the industry is. And then, of course, because I'm a consultant, it's, there's a lot of education you just have to keep up with. Maybe, you know, opposed to being in, a, in an entrepreneurial um, situation where you're, you know, there's homework in general. There's stuff you need to keep up on. But I feel like being an expert who's selling your expertise, you even more so need to be on top of like education constantly. So that's what was filling my time. Yeah, absolutely. And when you, even through now, but if you look back to your journey, what was the, what was a tough moment for you in the beginning where it just, it shocked you? In the beginning, as in like the first year? Yeah, just in the startup, maybe maybe the first year, the two to three years, but something that was a learning low point where the entrepreneurship world and that role really shook you. Um, it's that – I hate to like be super Pollyanna about this, but you know, the first year, all I remember saying to myself is, holy cow, this is so easy. Mm. I, the first year for me was that perfect mixture of, you know, I, I truly believe as a person, and this might get, you know, a little fluffy for some people, but <laughs> if you put yourself in, if you really take the risk to do something that you love and it's perfectly blended with exactly what your skill sets are and you're doing the work, things will just happen, you know, like it. it's just easy. And I just remember, you know, I was, I was, I was all in with this and so passionate about it that the things that I wanted were so easy to attain. Um, and so I, that's the, that's honestly the only thing I really remember saying to myself the first, the entire first year. Now the second and third year was when it starts to get a little messy and a little contemptful is the word that I always use to reflect back on year two and year three when, okay, like the excitement wears off and it yeah. starts to not become easy because you've got to face the reality of making money. You know, I think you kind of like live in that year one and year two t uh, time frame of like and mindset of it's okay. I'm a, still a startup. Um, mm -hmm. I don't need to make money. It's not expected for me to make money in year one and year two. And then you know, like you, you, that wears. You know, you're into year three and you're like, okay, now you actually do need to make money though. Like, let's make this happen. Right. Well, tell us more about that because I have found from talking to you previously and you tell me about that two to three year mark. And we, I had just gone through that about six, nine months ago myself, where you start really assessing and the first couple of years were fun. And now it's, oh my gosh, I really got a business. How do I scale and grow it? But for you, what were some of the action steps that you took that made you become more focused and what was your mindset going into year three? You know, because I was selling my expertise and I'm so passionate about sharing this with anyone else that's selling their time and their expertise and, and is operating a consultancy or a coaching firm or something, it's such a unique scenario to be in um, rather than, you know, like I said before, an entrepreneur who's who's selling a product, which can be packaged up and it maybe sells itself in some sort of way, you know, um, I wish that from day one, someone would have been yelling in my ear that I needed to be thinking about scale from day one. Um, and, and they weren't like, I didn't, I didn't have that mentor. And even the certification programs I went through, um, which is part of the reason I created my own certification programs for this industry is that they don't talk about that. Like they, they did not set us up as consultants 
to be thinking about bringing in different revenue streams. So I had to find that out the hard way. And again, I was 22, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think I knew what I was doing then. You're like, I just got out of school. I'm 22, you know, so like everything's just like happy and fluffy and like, you know, just great. And so, um, I, I, I learned the hard way by like, okay, money's not coming in and then really sitting down and like mapping out the numbers. And I know that's, again, just shows my ignorance at the time is I never really did that from day one. Like I didn't sit down and create a revenue plan for myself day one. I was focused on the marketing and the client work. I was not focused on my financials. And so the first thing that I did was look, sit down, you know, true, just like blank piece of paper and a pen and start mapping out ideal numbers. And and I really started the the process of setting revenue goals and mapping out what that's what that's gonna take throughout the year for me to hit that. And that's when it kinda hit me that like, oh shoot, like I need to figure out other ways to bring this in, whether, again, it's not going to come in through one-on-one unless I drastically raise my rates and I just didn't feel good about that. So do I need to be public speaking more? Do I need to be getting paid for writing? Do I need to figure out how to monetize my blog? I mean, you need to be thinking about that from day one. And I I preach that to anyone who's looking to get into any sort of service-oriented field, you know, okay, you're going to do one-on-one client work and consulting work. Great. But what else are you going to be doing to bring in money? So you're not waiting for that next paycheck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And that is such valuable information for listeners and, and even myself to hear and be reminded of. And for you, what is it, like, what inspires you on a day-to-day basis, because we all know as entrepreneurs or solo entrepreneur, a lot of times in the beginning until you build up that scale on that team, you're working a lot in a silo. Mm -hmm. What are some things that keep you continually motivated and inspired? Celebrating every single tiny, tiny win. The fact that I got, you know, 10 opens on my first email newsletter campaign when it was just me, I would celebrate, you know, you have to keep those tiny celebrations going, at least in my opinion, or you will lose that motivation. So I celebrated everything and I still celebrate all the time when things happen. And you just knowing that, you know, keeping in mind and being gracious that your work is paying off, even if it doesn't feel like it. I mean, there are going to be moments that, and you know, I've been there frequently and there will be in the future where you just feel so stuck and you feel like everything's going wrong. And it's, it's all just a mentality when you step back and see like all the little things that are really going right. And all the little things that, um, are reaping the benefits of all the hard work you put in. It's just, they've, they've fallen out of sight because the bigger picture just isn't there yet, you know, but it takes all these little tiny things to get to that big place. So for me, when it was just me and I was solo, it was just making sure that I truly reflected and celebrated each tiny thing to keep me going. Yeah, that's, Definitely. Because I, I, in entrepreneurship, we can get so focused on things that aren't going right. And we, oh for, totally. <laughs> yeah, we forget to celebrate the, the, like at the end of the day, we start when there's all these lists that are coming through that we need to execute throughout the day. And then at the end, we spend time and energy doing something and we may not have gotten everything yeah. docked off. And I, and I would guess that we hold ourselves to, we're harder on ourselves because we are accountable to us as individuals, as entrepreneurs, where someone's not telling us that we have to be in the office at a certain time. And we know that if anything's going to get done, it's got to come internally, motivating ourselves to, to do that. And 
one thing for you, if you could give advice to an aspiring female entrepreneur or a young woman starting to pursue their career, what would it be? Um, always, it, always surround yourself with the right people. Um, I think for me and kind of springboarding off of the whole concept of working alone and making sure you, you're held accountable to getting stuff done. It's super important that if you're going to do this and you're going to do it full time, especially because it's so lonesome and, and things can really quickly get away from you unless you're really, really good about keeping yourself on track, you need to be around people. Um, and the right kind of people I honestly think are going to make and break your business, whether that's, you know, even just the roommate that you're living with that supports you or doesn't support you. I mean, all right, she's your roommate. She has nothing to do with your business, but let's say she's constantly, you know, demeaning you or telling you, you need to go out and get a part-time job to make this work. And I mean, you're living with that. That's, that's negative energy around you. I mean, so being extremely deliberate about your time and where you're spending that time, um, which obviously is going to include people to me would be my, my biggest, biggest piece of advice. And the second thing for sure is to always get feedback. You have to take the initiative to get feedback. And that's super important. In fact, another interview I did recently, um, someone asked what my biggest fear is. And my biggest fear is that I get so close to myself or so involved with myself that I don't have the ability to see outside of myself and make the changes I need to make, which is why I'm constantly taking the initiative to ask for feedback personally and professionally from people around me. So, um, people aren't going to come out with that information. Now, some people will, unfortunately, the people that have something negative to say oftentimes will come out with it. Um, but you have to be prepared to hear the positive and the negative and you have to ask for it because if you ask, you could get a gold mine of information and it just was a question away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ab yeah. When, when you talk about the, the gold mine and, and going and asking feedback, something else that I want to know, what is one thing that is a staple. I'm a huge person on routines and I'm a very routine person and that's how I keep my sanity. And I want you to share something that is part of your routine, part of your daily habit ritual that has really helped you propel forward into your success. So this is a new one for me, but I'm obsessed with it. And it's morning pages, which is not my concept. Um, and then the name escapes me of the woman who, who came up with this. But if you just Google morning pages, it'll pop up. It's this theory of just to total stream of conscious free writing every single morning when you wake up. It's the first thing that you do. So you grab a notebook and you write exactly three pages worth of notes. So it, it's not supposed to be a journal. You're not supposed to document, you know, what's happened the day before or whatever. It is just total stream of conscious thoughts. So you get everything out of your head. So if you were to read mine, you would think I was a crazy person because it like hops from one sentence to a total different sentence in a different topic. And some sentences don't even end with the same topic. And it's just, you just write, you just write for three pages and then you're done. And it just resets my entire system for the whole day. It's is, amazing. Is, is that Julia Cameron? Ah, I can't is remember. That? Yeah. Maybe when you, um, put this on the, on the, on a webpage or something, yeah. The link because it's it's and I and I've been doing this informally for quite a long time. You know, the ritual before I kind of stumbled upon more of the concrete version of morning pages mm -hmm. was to brain dump. That's been my biggest tactic is like brain dump. Usually, I was doing it at night so I could at least get to bed and sleep without my yes. mind. Racing. So I dump everything. <laughs> 
thing onto paper or when I'm feeling really overwhelmed or like something big is looming, um, I just, I'm, I'm constantly brain dumping. So that notebook of just like notes and to-do lists and like things I'm worrying about and things that are on my mind, get it out. And now doing this every morning with the structure of three pages, I mean, it's, it's been life changing for me. I highly recommend it to anyone. Okay. Yeah. We'll make sure to put that in the, the, show recap notes. So everyone has access to what it is and the morning pages and where they can find out more information on that. And there was one last question and it escaped my mind. And so I want to think for a moment, what the heck that that was, because I was having what we call a squirrel moment. But (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at everything that you've created how do you, where was like your, it's happening moment? Oh, that was after. So I kind of split entrepreneurship into, into kind of three phases and you might go through the three phases several times in life, or maybe you go through them once. And the first phase is like that excitement. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of seeps into like the stress of like, "Uh Oh, now I need the excitement's off. Now I need to make money. And then as you transition into the second phase, that stress turns into, um, uh, fear, and you get really scared, and then you become really frustrated, and that's phase two. And that's where that to me is the phase that you change. Like that's where you're going to get the drive because you're so freaking frustrated that like things aren't coming together, and then you're scared that like you're scared to change. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, going through that phase and just that it's the feeling of okay, I've done everything right. I'm past the point where I've you know I've made all the investments into you know whether it's coaches or tools or whatever it is. Like you've got everything at your disposal, but it's still not clicking. That's the frustration I'm talking about. Um, and for me, I think it was mainly a mentality at that point and a mentality shift. And, and again, just celebrating and realizing that it's going to come together. Like it's coming together, but kind of self-sabotaging myself by not being really grateful for everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And once that, um, switch kind of flipped where I was like, I took a step back and just relaxed and saw that I'm doing, I'm doing everything right. Just, just have complete trust. Just like go back to that feeling of having complete trust that I did in the very beginning. Then it started happening. And it, and it just, you know, for me in particular, it was my, um, it was my, my certification program that had been through several different renditions. And I finally got it in more of a streamlined format from all of my hard work and getting feedback from others. And when I flipped the switch to make it live, I mean, it, it worked and it just is such an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it's just been, what was that feeling like? Because for someone to create a product and especially the image consulting product that you have, the studio in which it is a it is a high value, high worth, high investment product. I mean, what was that like when you were able to see the sales come in and people were purchasing your product? You know, it is so surreal when the big stuff starts happening because you don't feel as excited as you think you would. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like even the personal things in my life, you know, when you're, you and your boyfriend, like say, I love you for the first (laughs) time, you know, like every single moment with like my cheesy boyfriends from the past, it was like such a big thing. And then when my, I met my husband and we had that moment because, you know, he's just, I knew from day one, um, it wasn't a big deal. It was kind of like, yeah, this is this, of, of course, this is just the way it's supposed to be. And every big thing that's happened where it's been a turning point like that is always felt familiar in a mm. weird way when that's happened. It's not been this like, 
ecstatic like celebration like oh my gosh like surprise it it's just kind of this weird like yeah of, of course like it's so weird do you know what I'm talking about oh yeah where things happen and you I don't know if it comes it's yeah, not that you're not excited, but I also think it's because in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of emotions that go involved and you can go high, high or low, low. Yeah. And then over the years, you learn how to manage and mitigate. And so when the big things do happen, it's more or less, yeah, you, you think, well, yeah, no kidding. This is supposed to happen. Look yeah. what I did. You expected it. Proven process, pred predictable results. And only when, only like anyone who, who's been in that situation can, it's, it is the most bizarre feeling. And it just, um, it kind of, cause again, yeah, it's not that you're not grateful and it's not right. that you're not excited. It's just, I think, um, you know, what I've really, I, I feel have mastered over the years is the mindset side of it. And so it's, it's a lot of, you have this vision already from the beginning. And so for me, I get really excited in the beginning when I get the idea. And so I'm, I got, I usually, that's the like excitement that you're supposed to expect when it actually launches and does well. So I get, I get all that excitement out in the beginning when I got the idea and then I'm motivated to like get it out there and launch it and whatever. And so by the time it comes, it's just like, of course, like, of mm -hmm. course I've been working hard. Of course this should happen. I put all this work into it, you know, and I'm passionate about it. So duh, you know, yeah. one of my, one of my uh, collective members for Best Kept Self, Margaret, um, that's her thing. She, she calls them the duh moments when you just know it's right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a weird feeling. You know, I something I also noticed too that and is, is as an entrepreneur, you get better at executing because you understand that the only way an idea actually becomes a reality is just to start doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And in that process of an idea to execution gets smaller as well. And it is so much a thought process and what we attract in our lives and our, and what we step into every day with that when you, when you figure out the pattern and what's expected in order to move forward, you just follow your, your pattern and that process to get where you want to go. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. It's more often too, you know, I mean, I would not say that I, if, if, if you ask someone like my family, maybe, well, maybe my family, I, I never <laughs> deem myself like a risk taker. I would not have described myself as a risk taker. Um, but obviously you need to take risks to, to be an entrepreneur. And so for me, you know, the change and maybe the transition period of things has always been difficult for me. And I'm a very systematic, well thought out person before I do anything. It's, you know, I've thought and mulled over it for probably weeks or months or even years. Um, so that happens more frequently. Like the more that you start launching and the more you put things out there, you kind of get over the fear of maybe whether it's being judged or like the fear of failure or whatever it is that you have that makes people hesitate before they launch something. Mm -hmm. um, you you get over it and it's just exciting and you realize that it's not that big of a deal if you fail because I've failed a lot publicly and it's really not that big of a deal you know like it's it's it, the world doesn't end it's it's fine so you do it you do it more and that's exciting like it's it's really cool to be at that place where you're not you know you're not going to self sabotage yourself when it comes to putting something out there or putting yourself out there yeah that's absolutely true and with that I have. One last question, because I'm a firm believer in books as well. What is one book that you have read that has changed the way you do business and the way that you live that has really impacted you? Yeah. Okay. So the, um, I know I can't remember authors. I need to work on this because people <laughs> all the time and I can remember the name of the book, but I can never remember the author. Um, 
there's, I'm going to give you two because they're related. So the first one that I read is called, um, that, I, that has changed my life is called Busting Loose from the Money Game. And if you saw it on a shelf in Barnes and Noble or wherever, you would not pick it up. Busting totally Loose from never, the Money Game? Yeah, I would never pick this book up. Like it looks super cheesy and it's just, it's, it's, yeah, I would totally judge it by its cover. And it's, an amazing book. Oh about- Are you looking I at just, it? Yeah, I just Googled it. Oh my, Shauna, what the heck? Yeah. I, but you can never judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, you're going to judge me when you see the cover of this book. You're going to be like, really, Shauna, you're recommending this to me. Um, for me, it, it, it really like it, it's changed a lot for me. And there's been some weird stuff that's happened ever since I started, I read this book. What's something um, weird that's happened? Like getting random checks in the mail. What? Yeah. And like, I went on a trip to Africa and I got a reimbursement for several hundred dollars because I overpaid. How does that ever happen? Oh. In travel Or just like weird opportunities landing in your lap and just stuff just starts shifting your way. Um, oh gosh. so been, I've been like receiving tons in my life because of this book and the process that's outlined in it. Um, so yeah, that one, I mean, it's meant to apply to money, but I've kind of applied it to every area of my life and it's been great. I think what this book is based on is a very old book written in the early 1900s called The Science of Getting Rich. Um, and that author, it's Wallace Waddles or something. It's two W's. And I think it was written in 1910, The Science of Getting Rich. And it's kind of a similar outline and process. Mm-hmm. And this guy in this book really talks about, um, the strategy and this kind of way of doing that uh, will help you bring abundance into your life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like the busting loose from the money game is the modern day version of that book. Okay. Yeah. That, have you ever heard of Happy Pocket Full of Money? No. Okay. So if you guys are listening and you Google that one, you will also think the same thing, <laughs> that you're crazy because it is a horrible title for a book. And But it, it speaks along the same lines of what you're talking about, and it talks about the quantum theory of quantum physics, about what's in motion stays in motion, and that comes from our mindset and the energy. Yeah. And yeah. it really changes your mindset that being rich isn't why you do something and you don't strive for that, but it's having abundant wealth like you're talking about in your relationships and with your life and your happiness and your heart and mind, and that is... That's a cool book too. That is so funny because these great books have these crazy uh, covers to them that if you're, I would travel in the airports or be in the train and I would purposely put the front of the cover down, which is so bad because I feel like it's horrible juju or energy because you shouldn't do that. But I'm like, people are going to think that this woman is crazy trying to get rich from reading a book. Like, what does she know? And I will tell you though, after reading that book, it's almost as if this massive, puzzle was revealed. And I was telling my mentor who had recommended it to me and I go, Adam, it's crazy. I finished that book and all these things started happening. And just to, I was getting checks in the mail and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. And some people, if they don't have the same thought process, they literally think that you're crazy. And they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And yeah. I go, well, suit yourself. I'll take checks. Like yeah. no big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. Not a problem. Okay. Well, I want, again, huge thank you, Shauna McKenzie, everyone who she is the founder of Best Kept Self. You can go online and it's www.bestkeptself.com. They also do webinars over wine on Wednesdays. I believe it's once a month. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Yes. So you can check out more information there. And then we will also have a recap with notes and a guide 
on some of the takeaways that Shauna and I talked about today. But stay tuned for for next next week's interview. And again, thank you so much, Shauna. Yeah, thanks for having me. Fun chat. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.